Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of Tour Talk. It's our good friend and big insider, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com, joining today. Hey, Bob. Hello. How are you doing? Good. And uh, we just keep uh, trucking along and uh, hitting them <laughs> down the fairway, my friend. Um, big win, and this is what we talk about, the importance of the of the tournaments in the fall. Big win for Sung J.M., in Las Vegas on Sunday at TPC Summerlin. Yeah, and he kind of made it look easy, too, you know. Uh, Nine birdies? Yeah, just kind of rolled along and got a big lead and and closed it out with not a whole lot of trouble and a, a good win for him. And, and uh, you know, even though the fall, we sometimes see it as a place where, you know, guys can – get wins and and and, uh, and 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 sort of stamp themselves as, you know, trying to get in the tour championship or in the majors or what have you. You know, we've already had now a couple of guys win in the new season who were, were already established. You know, he's one of them. He was a top 30 guy this past season, and Max Homa won, and, and Sam Burns, who was in contention for a while again. He was. So we've, we've had, you know – We've had some, you know, some some guys winning already who've won before, and were entrenched, and they're taking advantage of the fall and and uh, and you know building up some 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 good vibes for for the for the early part of the season. Yeah, Matthew Wolf was in the mix for a while, and uh, you know, poor Matthew, he he seems to get stung on Sunday by some guy that just like comes out of nowhere and and goes on a hot streak. Yeah, he's hey, look, he's played nicely here lately. It's good. I mean, you know, he had the he had sort of the I guess for lack of a better term, you know, the mental health issues earlier in the year and you know, he took some time away and then he was very open about it. And um, you know, good for him. Tough, very very tough uh, situation to be that young and and going through all that, but you know, and sort of do it in public like that too, obviously. And yet comes back and 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 you know he's had some decent results at times. And I you know I hope it means he's getting getting back in gear and and showing the ability that obviously we know he has. Yeah, and for those who might not remember, Matthew Wolf was the one going toe to toe at the U.S. Open back in November of 2020 against Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he finished second, or he was in the last group with Bryson, and uh, I don't think he finished second, but he was up there. And then, you know, he was, you know, one of his first events back was the U.S. Open at Torrey, and he had a really good week uh, that week. And then, you know, we he's sort of been middling since then. But, uh, yeah, look at the talent he has, you know, that he was in the mix there and you know, he's he's already won at such a young age, and and so hopefully he's on his on his way back because he's uh <laughs> and you know I know we've talked about this a few times about all the depth that the U.S. has for the for the Ryder Cup, but there's a guy we wouldn't even we weren't even talking about exactly. You know what if what if, what if he gets it together? There's another name to throw in there. Imagine him, you know, playing on the U.S. Ryder Cup team with his length and and what he might bring. So. 
you know, uh, obviously he's 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 got uh, more important things in the immediate in in the immediate future, but uh, he's just another guy with a ton of talent. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was an interesting comment. Was it uh, the other day, Rory, uh, regarding the depth of talent and? He could. He said he could see where a two-win season would be a great accomplishment. I thought that was a, a eye-opening remark by Rory. You know, there was a time when that was the case. I mean, uh, you know, before Tiger came along, uh, you know, before a guy like Spieth, you know, we we asked even even you know after Tiger here, you know, Spieth had a five-win year. I think Jason Day won five times in 2015. Also, you know, we, we kind of expect uh, great years to be, you know, DJ, obviously, many multiple wins. But, you know, before that, there was a time when there was a lot more parity and winning twice in a year, if you won a major in another event, was a heck of a year. You know, I mean, look at the year Rom just had. He, he only won once. Yes. Uh, Hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, he should have won more probably. But, you know, Maura Cowell won only twice. Oh, but I say only. You only. know, it's in, it's in quotes. I mean, you want a major, you want a world golf event, you know. Uh, you know, Jordan Spieth won once. JT only won once. It's a great anecdote that, uh, that Rory relayed in Las Vegas where he said he was talking to Dustin Johnson. He asked him if he was going to start the new year out at the, uh, you know, the century, the tournament champions. And DJ told him, I'm not in. He didn't win in 2000 and, and, uh, and 21, DJ did. Now, of course, if he were to win this week, he'd, he'd, he'd get in there. But, but, I mean, DJ did not win this calendar year on the PGA Tour. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, there's, uh, it is. There's, there's a ton of parity right now. I think, it's, I think it's really hard to win three, four, five times in a year. And sometimes, sometimes we forget that. And so, like, you know, I know I've been, like, a little, like, I'd, uh, Justin Thomas didn't have a great year. Well, he won the Players Championship, and and he, I think he finished fourth in the FedEx. You know, so and was in, was in the mix on Sunday, but just didn't have a hot putter. Right. I mean, it's a pretty good year. It's maybe not as good as he would like, but it's a pretty good year. Yeah, and you know, Xander's another one, right? He he wins uh, an Olympic medal and is in the Ryder Cup and. You know, proved to be a a, a pretty uh, stout rookie debut. In some respects, he probably didn't think it was a, a great year. Yeah, exactly. He um, he uh, uh, you know won the Olympics, but he didn't win anywhere else, and I think he was frustrated by that. And um, uh, you know, he and yet. He had a lot of high finishes. You know, he had – he didn't – you know, he had some good major finishes. You know, obviously he was up there at the Masters against Hideki. Um, you know, he was in the mix at the uh, for a little while at the U.S. Open. Uh, so, yeah, Xander's a great example of a guy who, you know, it's hard to say he had a bad year. But, you know, he's gone a couple of years now without winning on tour, which is, um, you know, kind of surprising. Yeah, and I'm uh, sure for a guy, you know, looking at some of his peer group uh, and being as competitive as he is, uh, you know, that's that's uh, you know rattling some cages in in his mind. 
No question. I, it's, uh, it's, it, it, again, it's just, it's kind of interesting when you look at it in the way that you brought it up here. It's, it's very, very, uh, you know, amazing how many great players are up there. And a guy, you know, a guy like that didn't even win an official event on tour. Uh, it's, um, it's kind of head scratching, but that's, that's what these guys are up against. And that's why, uh, you know, they work so hard. The big buzz this week was all about this new shaft rule, Bob. Shafts not being able to be longer than 46 inches. Uh, can can you uh, break this down for my simple mind? <laughs> yeah, well, the way I read it is, is this is the USGA and RNAs, you know, kind of maybe late to the party, but way of trying to draw a line in the sand for the future. I look, you know, I, I'm sure you saw Phil's not too happy about it. There's some tour players that don't like it. I get it. You know, they want to maximize their abilities. Phil played. Phil won the PGA Championship with a 47 and a half inch driver, so that club won't be allowed next year for him. And you know, if he feels that that helps him, then that's um, you know that's putting him at a disadvantage. And I, I get that completely. I understand his angst on that but what they're saying is is we want the people who are coming up in the game to know that the clubs that they're going to be able to use can't be longer than 46 inches if you want to hit a 350 you're going to have to do it with a club that length you're not going to be able to go beyond that i think that's the message there and that's why they're doing this and yet they didn't you know by making it a local rule it means that it's only going to be enforced at the, at the high level events, you know, the tour has already said, PJ Tour said it, it has adopted it, or it will adopt it. Um, you know, because the USGA and the RNA run the US Open and the Open, they will implement it. It'll, it remains to be seen whether the Masters will, but they usually go along with the USGA. And then there's the, the PGA, which sometimes is an outlier. You know, the PGA doesn't enforce, you know, there's a local rule that says you, in, in, in tour events, you can only use the same brand of ball throughout the round. The PGA of America does not have, does not implement the local rule during its tournament. So, in theory, on the first hole, I could tee off with a tie list, and on the second hole, I could tee off with a Callaway, and on the third hole, I could go with a Strix on, whereas in a PGA tour event, you can't do that. Right. So, so I mean, it, you know, it would probably not a great thing if they were if if they weren't all on the same page. But you know, look, if they the, the, their attitude has been is look, if you can maximize that to your advantage, good for you. But I think the idea is is the the governing bodies are trying to find ways to curb the ability to gain more distance through equipment. But they did it without rolling back the ball, and right. they haven't done they haven't done anything about you know the club heads yet. I mean, I don't know what what they can do, frankly. Uh, I don't know how you roll back the ball. Everybody calls for that, but that's not th that easy. I mean, first of all, it would cost a lot of money, probably to make different golf balls just for them. And also, let, let's say it was even a five percent rollback. So that's 15 yards for a guy who hits at 300. Do we really want to see someone who hits at 300 go down to 285? I mean, let alone 270 if it's 10%. I, I just don't think that works. 
I don't you know, know. So, but anyway, that was the that was the impetus behind this, and uh, you know, they 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 took the interesting tact of sort of of they're they're not there there's no bifurcation, but there is bifurcation because they knew that there would be a different set of rules for the pros and the amateurs. Right. This because, is not going to affect recreational golf. Right. I mean, you and I, you know, and that's one of Phil's cards. Oh, you know, why would you take the fun out of it? Well, it's not taking the fun out of it for us. Right. And frankly, you know, can you or I hit a 47-inch <laughs> driver anyway? I'm not sure. You know, it was interesting. I saw Jason Kokrak's comments. You know, Jason Kokrak's a big, tall guy. He might want a longer club, long hitter. He used a 45-inch driver, and he said, "Look, he goes, I hit it plenty far, and so I don't, I don't need to go to that length because I'm a long hitter as it is." So, in other words, he likes the shorter shaft for the control, you know. And I you remember way back in the day when Phil made fun of Tiger's equipment, you know. And you know, I, I think what Phil was trying to say was he was trying to compliment Tiger. It didn't come off that way. The Tiger was using, he called it inferior equipment. What he meant was he wasn't maximizing what he was using. He wasn't necessarily saying that the equipment brand was bad. But back then, you know, 18, 15, 18 years ago, whenever that was, Tiger used a 43-and-a-half-inch long driver. And most guys, were, most guys were 44 and 45. Yeah. And Tiger was giving up some length. And, and, and it over time, it became an issue to where he, he got on board. But he resisted for a long time. So, I mean, here we are talking about using a 47-inch driver or beyond 46, you know, and, and we had guys that were playing with a couple inches shorter than that for a long, long time and doing very well. So it's interesting that it came to that. And, uh, you know, the, the, I think the, 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 uh, the fallout has been predictable. But uh, I think in the overall scheme of things, it's just not going to be that big of a deal. Well, the other thing the USGA pointed out was that it's just 3% of professional golfers that use or have used driver shafts longer than 46 inches. Now, another guy impacted by this, of course, is Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, but as you say, really, in the, in the big picture, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, Bryson's another one. And, and listen, I would... If I'm him, I'm upset. It's because because he has worked really, really hard at trying. You know, the other, you know, look, you and I don't have the time to work on it like they do. This is his livelihood. He has put in tons of time experimenting and trying to figure out various shafts and lengths. And if he's able to figure that out and wants to be able to do it, you know, I can't understand why he'd be upset if he's not allowed to. You know, uh, I you know he's not publicly said anything about this yet. I'd be very curious to see, you know, what he comes out and says. But you know, in a weird sort of way, they might be doing him a favor. It's like, okay, now you know, you, you all right, so you're going to max out at 46. All right, well now now you 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 concentrate on that, and you figure out you know the the shaft stiffness, the 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 lie and loft, all those things. You know, like. He's been known to hit like a four-degree driver. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. and so, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do with that. I mean, I could see that becoming something that they do, that they mess with. You know, like, you know, making you have a certain loft. Uh, uh, you know, Faldo has said things like, 
a, a standard tee that you're not allowed to tee it up higher than a certain amount. I mean, there's all sorts of things that are out there as far as distance. Uh, but to your point, only 3%, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of amazing. It's only 3% of them. But, I, again, it goes back to if anybody had success with that, then you're going to see more more players coming up in the game. It's sort of like when they when they made the decision to ban the anchor putting stroke. A lot of it was to keep it. It wasn't in terms of the you know the older player who needed that. It was more they saw people coming up in golf adopting that stroke. You know, like and look look at it killed Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley had been cut, had been putting that way, you know, since he was in college, and that's what he got used to, with no thought ever that it was going to be taken away. Right. So you know that would that was really really unfortunate for and him. Kucher has struggled. Yeah, I mean, you know, Webb Simpson struggled for a long time. You know, they, yeah. he had a you know he Another. had to figure it out, and so these guys who are in the midst of it. That's tough, but what it's what what the anchor putting thing does is if you're a high school or a, you know an amateur or a junior golfer and you have aspirations, you know that I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even try that kind of putter. It's not allowed, and so you don't go down that path. And I think that's what the governing bodies were looking at when they did that, and I think that's what they're doing with. Uh, you know, with the with the longer shaft drivers, even though we we all know that when it's longer shaft, it's harder to get it in play. You know, like I I kind of wonder why Phil even messes with it. He misses so many fairways. He should probably be just from my layman's perspective, be playing with a a shorter club to get it in play. Especially with his short game. Come on. Yeah, and he still hits it plenty far. You know, like, it's not like he's given up a ton of yardage to these guys. Um, so, I don't know, the next time he's at an event and we actually have a chance to talk to him, it'd be kind of it'd be kind of interesting to, you know, just to play devil's advocate with him on that and say, hey, you know, don't you hit a plenty far with a 46-inch driver? You know, that kind of stuff. So, I don't know, I, I, they're, they're giving us some stuff to talk about. I'll give them that. They sure are. Uh, and... Um Speaking of uh, Phil making noise, winning his third out of four events on the PGA Tour Champions with the inaugural Furyk and Friends uh, victory at Timaquana in uh, Jacksonville Sunday. You know, it would be interesting, look, and I don't blame him for not, but it would it'd be interesting to see Phil play a full schedule out there, you know? Like, if he got motivated and really got into it and, and you know, let's say he were to play 10 or 12 events, how many of them would he win? He's having you know? a lot of fun out there, Bob. Yeah, he is. You know, it's it, it, it suits his game a little bit better. He admits it. that the, the setups aren't quite as severe. Obviously, he's got a crazy great game still and, uh, you know, very competitive and, and uh, but you know the allure of competing against the best is is hard to hard to pass up, and uh, so I don't see him making the jump full time. I think it's going to be interesting to see if in 2022 he plays any senior majors. Um, I think that would be you know I think playing the week after the Open at the senior British the senior Open would be you know ter- would be terrific. 
you know. But, uh, you know, he didn't play in any of them this year. In fact, he hadn't played a senior event since February. You know, he only played in one. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting if he, if, he, if he slides over there a little bit more in 2022 or, or how he approaches it. I get the sense that the first quarter of the year is going to be all PGA Tour, getting, trying to get ready for the Masters, seeing if he can, you know, find it again. And, uh, and then maybe after the PGA, he might, he might uh, depending on how his uh, results fare, you know, he might, um, maybe he'll uh, look at doing something different. It'll be interesting to see. Well, he jumped from 35th in the Schwab Cup standings to 24th, uh, with only one event remaining before the playoffs to ensure his eligibility for the season uh, finale here. And he said he's, you know, He's he's looking at a couple of events, and there's, uh, a, a, you know, the final one, I guess, is right in our backyard, um, the Timber Tech in Boca Raton. So uh, he's, he's still got a couple of opportunities here uh, to see if he would uh, play in the, in the uh, Schwab Cup. I, I hope he does, because I wouldn't have thought he'd play any tour events the rest of the year, any PGA Tour events. You know, he played the Safeway. And that was it. And um, you know, in, in some, you know, last last year he played the Zozo when they moved it to to, to California. That it, it's it's going to be in Japan. I don't think he's going. And so why not? You know, why not use these events to to work to work out some of the kinks? You know, he's going to practice. He's going to play in the fall. Why not? Why not use this and maybe you gain some confidence? And you know, his first event back, I'm guessing he won't play. He won't go to Kapalua. Um, he'll he'll play the Amex, which he is like the host of, the one in Palm Springs, and he'll play there and probably, you know, t- he plays a bunch of those events um, on the West Coast. Tory and, and maybe Pebble. Um, he, I, it'll be interesting to see if he if he if he does or if he can play the Saudi event, which he's played the last couple of years. That's a whole another story. But that's no longer a European Tour event. There's some question as to whether or not they'll get released to go play. Uh, but still, you know, he's got that. You know, Riviera. He's got a lot of events that he likes and has played well at. Uh, in the uh, you know in the in January February time frame and uh, it's going to be kind of an interesting time to follow Phil and see what he's up to. So we are uh, the first round of the CJ Cup today, which uh, is being played in Las Vegas this year. A back to back in Las Vegas uh, due to COVID. This has got a pretty stout field. Uh, Justin Thomas, DJ, Rory, Brooks is in it. Uh, you got pretty much all the guys from the Ryder Cup. Jordan, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa. Uh, it's, a, it's a jam-packed field. Uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit about the CJ Cup, you know, just who we should be looking at this weekend. Yeah, you know, this is the one that's supposed to be in Korea, second year in a row. They've decided to play it here and uh, you know for obvious reasons it makes a lot of sense and uh, um, you know I think the obvious guy to look at and and I and I and I'm almost you know hesitant to say it because it's almost too obvious which usually means it's not gonna work out 
but this is Colin Morikawa's home course, the Summit. Wow. Like this, you know, they they don't play they don't play an event there. It's just for this year. That's where he lives. That's where he practices. You know, so it's the course. You know, he's got a home course advantage. That said, how much of a home course advantage is it when, you know, it's probably never set up like it is this week. You know, it's not set up like a tour event's going to be there. Right. And, uh, but, you know, he knows the contour. He knows the greens. He knows all that stuff. So it's a, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I You know, and I, I think you kind of have to look at him, don't you? Um, I, I'm curious to see how DJ plays after an incredible, you know, incredibly good Ryder Cup. And, you know, as we were just talking, he hasn't won this year. And, and uh, you know, it's a shorter field, no cut. Um, why not? You know, so. Uh, how do they qualify, I, Bob, for this event? It's so uh, it's only seventy eight. Gotcha. So so it's like the this one and Zozo and then you know they they canceled the the H, the WGC event in China. Those were all seventy eight player fields with no cut. And um, you know I think there's probably a, a, an argument to be made that that they should have changed it this year and and expanded it. Um, you know, but it's. Uh, uh, you know, nine point five million dollar purse, seventy eight players. It's a that the, the field Those is are str- pretty good odds. The the field is is strong because it's you know it's guaranteed money, and uh, you know that's uh, that and that that's and also look, it's guaranteed FedEx points, and you know it's a chance for some of these guys to to get a, a few in the bank before maybe they take some time off here, uh, going into the you know going into the holidays. Well. The other big buzz this week was a tiger sighting. Um, uh, tiger out at one of uh, Charlie's tournaments. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Where was that? You know, I have a feeling it was in the Jupiter area, but I don't know exactly where it was. Um, Charlie looks know, like he's grown a little bit. Yeah, he did. And, and you know, I... Um, you know, there's a way to look up how he's doing some of those results. I've been a little reluctant to go down that road. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, like uh, it's a little unfair. So I, I, I'm not sure where it was, but I know it couldn't are from their home. Um, and, um, you know, look, we can read a lot into that. I don't know how much it means, but, you know, Tiger is cognizant of the fact that if he's out there and something like that, Somebody's going to take a picture of him. It's going to make it on social media. It's just how it is. Like, I don't think he feels that, that he can go to something like that where there's clearly going to be other parents and other people around. And also the fact that he put himself out there, I think, is a good sign. You know, as we've talked about before, Tiger just does not want to be seen being vulnerable. I can't imagine him wanting to have been seen in a wheelchair I can't imagine him wanting to be seen very often on crutches, um, you know, certainly not trying to move around on crutches. So here he was standing, you know, perfectly fine. There was some other photos that came up, some video of him walking. And but even a few were, headlines that said he was back on course, quote, unquote. 
Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of I a mean, stretch there. Yeah, I mean, he was on a course, and he <laughs> was holding a club. Nobody saw him swing the club. Uh, and, you know, I've heard, I look, again, heard quotes that he's, you know, been chipping and putting in his backyard. You know, I mean, now, great. That's you got to start some point, right? Um, but what we just do not know, and it's that's why anything we say here is all speculation. We just do not know, you know, how how much damage there was to his right foot and ankle, how much it's going to allow him to walk, walk great distances, and can he even stand up and hit full shots? You know, again, you know, I I don't mean to like dismiss the whole personal you know, quality of life issue in this. Obviously, I think it's understood that comes first. And I think that we're seeing that if he's at his son's golf event and he's able to move around a little bit, at least he's got that quality of life aspect coming back. That's the first part, you know. And I, and I think the next is can he play casual golf? Can he enjoy golf? I think the idea of playing competitive golf you know, that's a bit of a leap. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, maybe maybe in a few months' time we'll see some video pop up of him hitting shots on social media that he puts out, and that's when we can probably get excited about it. That's what he did. That's what he did in 2017 when he came back from the back surgery. That's right. He dropped a few of those out there, and all of a sudden he was back. You know, I think we have to wait for that before we can start talking about is he going to play again, you know, because um, that seems to be his way of letting us know. And uh, until that happens, then uh, I think we have to just sort of, uh, you know, sort of be patient. Well, the Tiger watch continues. Jason Kokrak was the uh, winner last year at the CJ Cup. Uh, who's your pick for Sunday, Bob? Yeah, it's a different course this year, unfortunately for him. He he won at um, uh, he won at the, the the place where Tiger and Phil had the match, I believe, um, a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, Shadow Creek, yes. is it? Yeah, Shadow Creek. So this is different. The summit, you know. Listen, why not Morikawa? I I think it's too obvious, just too obvious. But you know. At a course that nobody really knows, you know, I think you got to go with a guy who's 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 uh, who's got more experience on it than anybody else and who knows it. Well, here's a guy who's also in his home turf, right? Tony Fina. Yeah, yeah, um, and I'm not sure that he that he's got as much course knowledge. Listen, all these guys coming off the Ryder Cup who played pretty nice. You know, I, I'm curious to see if they keep it going, if that gives them some, you know, some, uh, you know, some good vibes and some good confidence. You know, even the, the, the very week after the Ryder Cup, this, the Dunhill Links in, in Scotland, there was four European guys, at least four or five, that played that. Um, maybe more, maybe six. I know Harrington played and a couple of the players on the team. You know, several of them did very well. You know, which was, and they lost. You know, they came right off of that and played pretty well. So maybe these guys, you know, it's been a few weeks now, but interesting to see if any of it carries over. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's uh, maybe 10 out of the 12 guys from the U.S. squad plan, as well as uh, 
a few of the European players. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch as uh, we keep following the new wraparound season. Bob, 21-22 of the PGA Tour, and always we appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com.